Good everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Dan Cable Presents Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the program once again. If this is your first time listening, thanks for checking out the show. You can find fresh episodes coming at you every Friday. And if you want to help support the podcast in a free way, you can do so by clicking subscribe and clicking write a review, giving the podcast five stars, you say a few nice words. And that will help propel this thing into the tops of the iTunes charts, hopefully, and give it more visibility on the national and international level and helping strangers find the thing. So if you got the time, please do so. Appreciate the fuck out of all the people that have already taken the time to do it. And we've got another episode, another volume of I Dig Records with Rob Bobby Grooves Granfeld, my cuzzo, coming at you this week. And we're diving in to the new Phoebe Bridgers record, Punisher, that came out in 2020, not too long ago. And then we're getting into the first live record that we've done on this thing. We are doing the 1984 performance from Van Morrison at the Grand Opry in Belfast, his hometown. So... Stoked to uh, to jump into this thing, play some tracks from some of those records, and and talk about the tunes. I will put all the links in the episode notes from anything mentioned, including the the Instagram handles for Rob and myself, and Inside Voices Records, which is Rob's record label, and Vortex Music Magazine, and of course the incredible Phoebe Bridgers and Van Morrison. If you're new to this thing, I would encourage you to go back and check out some of the recent conversations with artists. Most recently, I had a conversation with Retro Champ, a rapper out of St. Louis, and a lot of great conversations before that as well. Also, if you're new to the iDig Records series, definitely go back. This is uh, the eighth one, I guess. So uh, plenty of these to go back and, and check out as well. And I'll be coming at you next Friday with uh, another conversation with an artist. Hope everybody is uh, staying safe out there. Hope you are well. Hope you are hanging tough and finding ways to occupy your energy during these strange times. I hope you enjoy Volume 8 of I Dig Records. Let's do the damn thing. I just want everybody to know that I dig records. I dig records, bro. Yeah, buddy. I dig records, bro. (laughs) I dig records. Back in action. Here we are. Doing it. When was the last time we did one of these? You just said it felt like it's been a long time, but I think it's been like, eh, maybe it's been like 10 days. Oh, I think it's been at least two weeks since we did our last one. Which was what again? Oh, the internet. We did the internet and the Milo record. And I posted that maybe three, that was like three weeks ago. So it, really? it's actually probably been about a month since we've, since we've done one Damn, of these dude. things. Damn, dude. 
Uh, Damn. Yeah. I was also thinking today that this is maybe the longest that we have gone without actually physically seeing each other in a long time. Yeah, definitely. Probably. I mean, at least since you moved up to the Northwest, it's the longest, you know, yeah. probably haven't, hasn't been this long until you go back to when you were living in, in California. Yeah. But since then, I feel like we see oh, each yeah. other pretty often, especially since, uh, you've had it so never many, goes six months. Yeah. You've had so many Portland performances as well right. in these last couple of years where it feels like you're kind of down here every few months yeah. or every couple months. And, but yeah, man, it's been a minute. I miss, I miss you. I love how you were going to come up and, uh, I was like doing some stuff and then the next thing I knew it was like Thursday or something and I was like, wow, is Dan going to come <laughs> over tomorrow? Fuck. <laughs> and then like you texted me that morning and you were like, hey man, I, I don't know if it's going to work out this week. And I was like, cool, man. Like <laughs> I was just about to send you the same text. Yeah. <laughs> I don't was know, not man. ready. Yeah. It's it's weird right now. And then also I was, I was uh, out of town at the beach for the free, first few days of the week and for some reason I thought I could kind of like pull all that together and then also find some time to do the shit I needed to do and then go up to your house that week. And then it didn't matter anyways, cause the fires broke loose that week yeah, man. and, yeah. uh, we've been both experiencing that, that intense air quality, which has been, I haven't been chill. outside for like five days, man. Like good for you, man. And my fucking, my car air conditioning is out, right? It doesn't, it just doesn't, my car doesn't have air conditioning. And it's still pretty warm, so I'm just, like, wearing a mask now while I drive, wearing my N95 while I'm driving with the windows down. Because, it's yeah, it's just, like, it's just, you know, just a fucking 2020. It keeps going. It's crazy. Now we have the apocalyptic, just, like, you couldn't even see across the the lake, you know? Like, like you, I, I'd be on the bridge and like usually you can see the city and everything you couldn't even see the trees like literally half a mile in front of you it's getting a little bit better now but you guys had it twice as bad than us though like you guys got i mean how how is it down there i mean it's still very bad um and i'm about 5 miles from where people evacuated from so i'm really that's close that's just further further south of you yeah so I'm super, super close to where shit was going on. So I don't know, man. I grew up with the California fires, and that was something that happened every single year. And sometimes it would be in the in the hills near my house, but I've never experienced that level of smoke before. This where, smoke, man. Where you just yeah. walk outside and you take a breath in, and it's like, oh, fuck, man. This is not. Yeah, dude. No, it's crazy. Yeah, your air quality right now, according to the the web, says two thirty three, which is like way better. I mean, you guys were up at four hundred. I mean, the we last were few we days. were at a hazardous level for many yeah. days, and the worst in the world. Yeah, for a few days as well. So, it seems to be passing. It's supposed to rain tonight, so I hope that. Yeah, they say. I hope they that say fucking that happens. We're supposed to get it. They said that the other day though too. But, you know, that yeah. was supposed to happen on Tuesday here, and it didn't. It is a little bit better today, but uh, yeah, certainly the this is the year that keeps on giving. Mm-hmm. So, to say the least. That's where it's at. 
let's fucking that said in. though i'm not really that I, I you know it sucks everything but yeah. you know it's also sort of whatever it is whatever you know? i think that uh yeah i feel you i think it's easy too though if you're it seems like you're doing something every day, you know, staying really it's productive true. in what you're doing. So if you don't have that I'm same, s- I'm very lucky. Even if I'd you're be going, going crazy. even if you're going to a job though every day, and you don't yeah. do much after that because yeah. your other activities, you know, are right. not some shit that you can do. Right. Um, right. And I don't know, man. I see. I see how you can start to get a little stir Man. crazy and be be fucking done with this i've i've experienced yep. some of it in the last couple of weeks of just mm-hmm. like really starting to feel the effects of not getting to play hockey twice a week and shit like that that's been bugging me yeah. out lately and i don't think i really I realized how much uh i've missed seeing live music regularly but all in totally. all fucking staying hanging tough you know trying to stay positive during this shit yeah and then the thing that i keep forgetting is that it's a fucking election year and i know this isn't a political podcast but (laughs) sweet fucking lord if uh if this shit goes south again oh boy it's a it's scary man it's oh boy because i feel like it's still very up in the air and uh yeah i wish it wasn't i also feel um, like whatever way it goes it's gonna be an interesting couple months after yeah, I mean, good old Mr. Joe rolling in his grave, Biden, is not necessarily the ideal candidate, but, <laughs> you know, four more years of Donnie setting the earth on fire and fucking just, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, whew. Yeah. Man. Fuck. It's it's rough. It's it's hard to find compassion for these these people that think that that is the right move. Still, like I I saw this woman today that came into my my bakery and she had this hat that said Jesus is my savior, Trump is my president, and I was just like, Damn. man, it seems like you really missed the Jesus message somewhere yeah. in the Bible. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, fucking. If you want to, you know, if you want to hear about some more, uh, some more of that, you just turn, tune in the Bible Buds, where we, uh, yeah. we, where we contemplate we how you can uh, talk about what how you can align as a real. as a Christian and uh, feel like this uh, this Trump character is uh, is a good person is uh, pretty mind boggling, as well as how you can identify as being like some racist person in the world and think that you're, uh, you know, living the word of God. You got that spirit in you. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's all capitalism. It is, man. But I've been trying to just fucking dive into music and dive into records and distract myself that way and doing podcasts. And I know you've been doing that with, you know, recording music. But uh, what what have you been listening to other than the stuff that we're doing? Any any like quick hitters that, that you're like, oh, these, this is what I've been, oh, been listening man. to lately. Yeah, I want to... I want to give a sh- there. There's a couple St. Louis rappers that I've been tuned turned on to cool. recently. I had one of them on the on the podcast recently, a couple weeks ago. I had um, this dude Retro Champ out of St. Louis, who I think just has some very cool, um, uplifting messages in his uh, stuff, as well as just you know shows like some pretty next level vulnerability about his. His feelings and shit through the music, which I've been digging on. 
so much music. There's this Hannah Georges record that just came out, which is produced by this dude from The National. I think that shit is very good. And, uh... Cool. Good lo- shit. Lots of Earth Gang. Do you, do you fuck with Earth Gang? Yeah, sort of. I don't not fuck with them. I, I don't even know really what I've been listening to lately. I okay. don't... I haven't really been listening to that much stuff in general. And if I have been, it's been demos or stuff that, that I'm sort of working on. Other than that, maybe some jazz stuff here or there. The buddies out in Denver, Ramakandra, they put out an amazing record last summer, this summer. Oh, yeah. And uh, checking that out. Um, some Kate Bush. Yeah, I was listening to the game that night that I texted you. I think I, te- I <laughs> fuck, dude. We'll do our playlist episode. We'll Ooh, get that in. Yeah, I was just like literally looked at the thing and I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. And then I looked back and I was like, oh, this was my idea. <laughs> yeah, this is your idea to Ooh. do this playlist episode of I Dig Records. Yeah. This is what I learned is that when you go a month and you do the keto diet and you don't drink, when you go back to drinking... It's like it's like a two for one, like two two drinks. One drink is like two drinks or fucking three. I swear to God, because uh, man, whew, the hangover after just like four drinks and the obvious forgetfulness of the text messages that I sent you and the ideas <laughs> I sent you still tipping. <laughs> I was like, I was like, wake up and listen to this. <laughs> I was just like, whoa, this dude is uh, in this Mike Jones record right now. It's a great record, Mike Jones. Yeah, dude. No, Mike Jones. We can maybe my whole playlist will be like early mid two thousands rap because that was, you know, I'm younger than you. Like that was when I was like. You know, I'm 92, so really like 2000, 2001 through like 2006 was just like when I just like really fell in love with hip hop. You know, it's got to be on the playlist though. Jadakiss. Petey Pablo. Petey Pablo. <laughs> I don't know, man. Who am Freakily I? got annoying. Petey motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. That song's cool. I like in Drumline when they do that. They do a rendition of that. You've yeah. seen Drumline, yeah? I have. I have. Yeah, Petey Pablo makes an appearance in Drumline. <laughs> Some Bubba Sparks in there. <laughs> no, no Bubba Sparks. <laughs> that'd be a that'd be a fun one though. Like some just like an early two thousands hip hop rap playlist episode. Uh definitely gotta have yeah. some Timberland and Magoo in there though. Yeah. Like that. There's some there's some crazy good songs on those records. Some Ludacris. Jermaine Dupree. JD. Yeah. St. Louis. Welcome Lunatics. to Atlanta, dude. Yeah. Well, what records you want to talk about first? I don't know. I thought maybe we could give uh Phoebe the uh the the kickoff here, the spotlight. Yeah. And maybe uh you know, kick it off with the the more low key record and then we'll ease into this uh this Van Morrison live record. Totally. Punisher release on my fucking birthday. Punisher came out on your birthday, huh? Yeah. How about it? How about it? Uh, this is is this your your first kind of dive into Phoebe Bridgers? 
No, I, I listen to Stranger in the Alps. Okay. Like, um, and was that something that, that you dug when you heard it or? Um, yeah. I dug it. Um, I'm a, I was a big Julian Baker fan at the time that this Phoebe Bridges record came out. Big homies. And I think, yeah. And I think I appreciate what I appreciated about the Julian Baker record a little more was that it was a little more stripped down. You know what I mean? Like Scott Street on um, oh, dude, that's my, Stranger that's in the my, Alps. That's my favorite yeah. jam. Yeah, no doubt. But I wish that the drums didn't come in. <laughs> I just wish it was acoustic the whole time. You know what I mean? Feeling like a stranger With an open heart, open container I've got a stack of mail and a tall can It's a shower, beer, it's a payment There's a lot of differences, but like for one, Phoebe is like, you know, in LA and she's working with a whole team of producers and this and that. And I understand that there might be some, not pressure, but like, you know, inclination towards like making a song like, oh, we don't want to have this whole record just acoustic guitar with no drums. You know what I mean? Like, Whereas I think Julian Baker's doing this for the most part, at least those earlier records, just in her bedroom type shit, you know? Um, so my feelings towards Phoebe originally was she has definitely got a thing. Um, and the vibe is just like really nice and it's like not not necessarily nice in that it's like happy because it's really depressing yeah <laughs> but uh but it's sort of like relentlessly like soft it's and beautiful. delicate yeah and i really so so yeah for me that's why i was excited to do this record because like for like mark my buddy Mark loves Phoebe Bridgers, and so does Drew, and so do I. You know, <laughs> so do you. Yeah, all the all the people I know that like like indie rock love Phoebe. Uh, and then this record came out, and I didn't listen. I just forgot to listen to it, and then I never listened to it. So this wasn't my introduction, but I had taken a long break. I probably yeah. haven't listened to her for a year. You know? Yeah, man. How about you? Is this you? Obviously, you knew Stranger in the Alps. Yeah, I so I found out about Phoebe around the time Stranger in the Alps came out, um, and I found out about her. I knew I knew one of the songs off Stranger in the Alps hadn't gone super deep um, on the rest of the record, but she opened for Noah Gunderson a couple years huh. ago, and I knew That's she. Funny. So I so I started checking her out because I wanted to. I knew that they were coming to town. And I just like instantly fell in love with her songs and was just like, oh, this is, I don't know. It's just, uh, it just resonates heavy and hits heavy and I'm totally. way, way into it. So, 
I saw her there, and that was really cool. Haven't isn't had that funny that she was opening for Noah? Why do you think that's funny? Because like she would, I mean, like no, it, it makes total sense stylistically. Just she's huge now. It's crazy how like I mean, when did you see her? Two years ago? Three years ago? Uh, yeah, it was it was like three years ago is when the uh, that record that White Noise tour was for Noah. But yeah, yeah, man, I mean, it's just and, like and, and not. She would now be playing. Where where did where was that show? So that was at the Wonder Ballroom. And which now, is how many people? The Wonder Ballroom is like seven hundred and fifty, and now she'd probably do like the Crystal Ballroom, or she would do the Schnitz, which would be over a thousand to three thousand people, depending on which one. But yeah, I get. You know what? I I yeah. Because Noah's not. Now, you know, like that's even surprising to me that he's doing a, a seven hundred person oh, room. Dude, Noah Noah crushes though. Like he's been doing this so long. He has loyal true. fan <laughs> followings and. These last couple records, I think he's gained a lot of new fans. And, uh, but yeah, I hear what you're saying. Cause at that time, no shade, no shade, no shade. At that time, it made a lot of sense that she would be. And it was a, it was a cool set. And, um, so yeah, I just started following. And then Connor Oberst from, you know, the, uh, Bright Eyes, Eyes, they made a record called The Better Oblivion, the, uh, off their, better oblivion project and that's what came out in between the uh the alps record and, and this punisher one it was quite early one morning hit me without warning i went to hear the general speak i was standing for the anthem banners all around him confetti made it hard to see put my footsteps on the pavement start And that record is fucking great. And Connor had made an appearance on... He makes an appearance on the first record and on this one. Did you listen to that record that was um, Phoebe and Julian and... uh, Boy Genius. Who's the third? Lucy Dawkins. Lucy Dawkins. No, Courtney did that Kurt Vile record, which is super good. The Boy Genius stuff is very cool, too. And there's an amazing live performance... um, from Phoebe Bridgers in New York and then there's also a Boy Genius one from that same night I believe and both of those are killer but uh, yeah man she's she's up there as far as uh, songwriters for me right now she's definitely amongst my favorite Noah being right up there she kind of hits me in a very a very similar way so I was really excited um, with the announcement of Punisher and it's the same it's the same cast of people that did the first record, Stranger in the Alps. It's Tony mm. Berg and Ethan Gruska. And uh Are those her like the producers? Yeah, they produced this record with her. They call themselves like the Trilemma. A dilemma Sick. with three outcomes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah, dude. But this yeah, record I watched just some like, interviews with them about did you watch that video about uh Kyoto? I think no. it was on it's on YouTube about how they like wrote the song and how they sped it up and turned it into a rocker, turned it into a fucking <laughs> rock and roll song. It's a great song. Yeah. It's one of the more up tempo jams on the song. There's only about two of them. 
on the record, which is one of the things I really, really fucking like about this record. I think she shows a lot of patience with this record and doesn't seem like there's a lot of pressure to put a bunch of up-tempo stuff. I mean, it's mostly pretty low-key downer jams, which is what I expected. Garden was the first track to come off of it, and when I heard it, I was really stoked because it seemed like she was, you know, going to explore some other other kind of... uh, beds of music aside from the more acoustic instruments and when i grow up i'm gonna look up from my phone and see my life and it's gonna be just like my recurring dream i'm at the movies i don't remember what i'm seeing the screen turns in Yeah, you can tell she's like trying to get a little bit more experimental in certain ways. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Like that first song, DVD, DVD menu. menu. Yeah, yeah dude. A minute. And uh, I, 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 my only, hmm, not to jump into a critique, but to jump into a critique, I wish that the album did a little bit more of this. You know what I mean? Like I'd be really excited to see if she was to push the album in more of a direction of that DVD menu influence, like for her next record or whatever. Um, Cause you can already tell that, um, you know, her sequence from the first record to this record is it's getting, getting more synthetic at times and introducing different instruments and yeah, I just I, I'm excited if she chooses to continue to pursue that, you know. Yeah, the cool thing about the DVD menu song is that it's a reference to the last song on the record. It's a mirror of that melody at the very mm-hmm. end, and then Sorry. it also samples the last song on her first record, "You Missed My Heart." So meta. Yeah, it's pretty. I like I like the idea of this. I also think it nails. Like for anybody that knows dvd menu screens which i think a lot of people have woken up to in the middle of the night after falling asleep in a movie i feel like that was a very uh spot on one you know like that could very well be some sort of dvd menu and i i like i like how that uh kind of sets the tone for the record and yeah uh, man dvd menus it's it's a haunting thing you know you used to be able to go to different you could cut scene by scene read the name of every scene, get the extra features, you know, some of those had games in there. The good old days, you know, you don't get any of that on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, what do you, so like, what do you, what are your takeaways from this record? My takeaway is that there, every single song to me has a line of lyrics that always hits me super heavy and sticks with me. Mm. Um, I mean, on, on Garden, when she's when she says, and when I grow up, I'm going to look up from my phone and see my life. Like, I think that's such a great yeah. part of that song. But then also she has the line of, the doctor put her hands over my liver. She told me my resentments are getting smaller. And I thought mm-hmm. that that was like a problem. I mean, from what I took away, a cool representation of 
maybe easing up on the booze or something like that, you know? Totally. And I thought that that was a really cool way to kind of deliver that message. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's an explanation or kind of a song by song and analysis on the, uh, on the Apple music, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I tried not to dive too far into because I didn't want it to kind of interfere with like my first impressions of songs. Um, but yeah, man, I, I think, I mean, I'm I'm here for the lyrics. I think that, I mean, I'm here for the music too. And I think what I really like about this record is that it is a different direction than Stranger in the Alps. It right. does have a lot of different instrumentation on it. It explores, you know, a lot of, a lot of ambient shit and right. some some very uh, dark and haunting stuff. But I I think in doing that. What I really dig is that it never like it doesn't lose the focus of these songs like right and I would love right. to just hear all of these songs just her play, her playing them by herself right. and I feel right. like I can still hear that in each of these songs you know totally and that's the tough balance I think for a lot of a lot of people is like how do I develop as an artist or a songwriter or whatever and make the, the the songs sound different but not lose that element of the song like right like for phoebe or for noah or for bob dylan or for whoever that van is morrison in, yeah van morrison you know but I, I think that van morrison is maybe a little bit in a different category but for these people that are purely just like songwriters like i'm going there for the song i want to hear the lyrics i want to hear the story or whatever like that is um it it i don't know it's so important because like she could have made stranger in the alps again and probably people would have liked it but like that's fucking boring you know what i mean and like and like that's I, i think that that's what the you know the artists at least that I'm always inspired by are always talking about how they're just trying to push it, you know? Yeah. So you maintain the thing that is the soul of like her music, which is these songs, capital S like, you know, these are real, like these are songs. She's a songwriter, but they're like going through different filters. They're going through different, different colors, different, different instruments. And that, yeah, I think that, that that is why I I I think I prefer this record to Stranger in the Alps because Stranger in the Alps is a little more straight ahead, a little less um, uh, ambient. I think that's yeah. the right word. You know, like she's really just like stepping into this really wide open space, right? And that takes a lot of courage to like, you know, not like like courage in the sense that like stuff's going to probably sell better if there's like a beat behind it. Maybe, you know what I mean? Like maybe she's obviously yeah. got her back, her, her, her solid crew of people that are just like, fuck. Yeah, for sure. I mean, she's a guitar. And I think but, also like, that's what I love about this record is that like you're saying, it's not all straight ahead and this isn't like, there's a lot of pop sensibilities, but you know, they, totally. They've got a lot of character. Like, I love Kyoto so much. It's like a pop punk song. It is. And then it, it has this bitchin' horn break that happens between the first and the second verse.
just little things like that. It's just like, oh, okay, cool. We're gonna use some horns on this record, you know, give it give it some feel in that way. And I don't know. I also would imagine I I like what Phoebe has done because it seems like she's done a lot of collaborations, and that's another thing that I love her on. Her and Noah did some shit together around the time they toured together. She did this song with Matt Beringer from The National, which is amazing. She does this boy genius thing. She does this thing with Connor where they make, man, the Better Oblivion community record is, if people like Phoebe Bridges and you haven't checked that out, that, that shit is so, so good. Like they are, they are such a cool like writing combination, but I would imagine, you know, she's also just getting like her lens is, is being changed. I feel like a lot probably through those experiences, you know? Totally. Oh yeah. And I mean, that's the thing about like a, a, a good, true collaboration is that it's not just like here, you come into my space or here, I'll go to your space. It's like, you know, it's both of those happening at the same time, which results in both artists yeah. subconsciously and consciously like learning and growing you know what i mean it's like it's like when like an athlete gets to play with another athlete or something it's like you know people are like oh lebron james my i learned so much by playing with lebron james or whatever it's like and in in like a musical collaboration i think it's like both people are learning from each other in the because because music is so much more like nebulous and than like sports right with like a direct outcome or a direct right wrong good bad thing um the the artistic side of that is is yeah way more like energetic and and i think sort of just like you can't like i yeah if, if you're if you're collaborating from the right place for the right reasons i think that it's like that's why you look at miles davis you know what i mean like like it's 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 what can continue to push push you forward and help you find new territory you know what i mean yeah and it also seems like you know if she keeps working with this team moving forward like they're just going to continue to develop like this next level language because it doesn't seem like they've been working together awfully long so no. it's obviously some sort of like good formula i think that that's hidden hidden well you know obviously <laughs> So let's dive into a song. Yeah. Which one you want to play? I don't know. Do you have a... I like Halloween. You want to play Halloween? Yeah. <laughs> I, we're, you know, we're hitting that fall season. I feel like, yeah, I, Halloween is a, is a, a good jam. Let's, let's, let's play Halloween. I like how it's light. It's delicate. It's, it's the side. It, 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 it encapsulates a lot of what she does super well. It's patient. Uh, this is also, I was, I was looking at the vinyl today and this is like such, the packaging on this thing is so cool, man. Like it comes with this really dope booklet that has all the lyrics in it. And each, each, uh, each song is accompanied by a different piece of art. And the, the Halloween one specifically is really dope where she's just a 12 inch booklet. Um, it's like a 10 inch booklet. So it's, it's pretty big. And she's yeah. walking hand in hand, and with the the Grim Reaper, with one of the uh, the ghosts from the Swiss Alps or the Alps, yeah, yeah. Stranger in the Alps uh, cover um, as well. So it's it's pretty dope. So 
if you like this record, I encourage people to uh, pick up one of these vinyls. It's it's really dope packaging and seems like lots of lots of thought was put into it.
I love the the opening line to that uh, that song. I hate living by the hospital. The sirens go all night. I used to joke that if they woke you up, somebody better be dying. Yep. Her whole like she yeah. uh, she has like a that. There's this thing about her that like she creates these sort of like it feels so like dire sort of heartbreaking you know what i mean um and just sort of like yeah yeah just like sad <laughs> she makes sad music it's so yeah, good she, she makes you know? very sad music dude and yeah like and, and the way that she gets you to think about things is like a little bit less on the head as like some other approaches to th- to the same thing you know what i mean and i think that that's like you know that's that's always my big catch in in music is I don't know I, it's just like yeah if it's too on the head it's it doesn't feel like I'm finding it myself you know what I mean like and I think that that's an important thing for the listener um, it feels preachy you know so and I think she does a good job of like just sort of like waltzing you around and then you're just like, damn, whoa, oh, that's sort of fucked up, you know, yeah. or like that's sort of sad or, you know, like, or I see myself in that, you know what I mean? Like, I think that those ah, are yes. all the things that she does uh, really well is her like, yeah, her universality, the way that she is able to allow what she is saying for other people to see that in themselves and I think, again, it's like because it's not like it's, she's not like hitting the nail on the fucking head and she's not super abstract, but she's in between. Yeah. She like delivers these uh, these ambiguous messages at times where you're like, oh, that can mean so much like or, you yeah. know, may, and it's not necessarily like an incomplete thought, but it'll just be like these lines that leave you wondering and she's got this uh on that apple music thing she said that like some of the themes of this record is just kind of like it's the idea of having these interpersonal issues while there's bigger turmoil in the world like a diary about your crush during the apocalypse right it's like a really great representation you know of like what's happening here Cause like there's a darkness because of like, yeah, some of the interpersonal stuff is sad, but it's also, right. it's layered there's with a looming thing. Totally. Yeah. Layered with the, the realities of modern day, you know? Exactly. Um, what I like about that Halloween tune is I, I, I love the little arpeggiator in the background. And I think that like, they do a really good job in this tune of like not overfilling the space, but not having it just be her and a guitar, you know? So like that arpeggiator, whatever synthesizer that is, and it's really moving at a slow, a slow tempo. It's, I just think it's a really like mature choice, you know? And that's one of the things that stuck out to me. It's like, oh cool, this is a cool, cool development cool direction you know what i mean arpeggiators singer songwriter shit like that's you know to me more interesting you know than oh here's a singer songwriter you know with strings not that that's not interesting but it's just like that's a little more like obvious you know what i mean um 
so yeah like i thought that that you know i think that that was a strong point for sure i also just like also that she doesn't always feel the need to like there's it's not always this super structured thing you know there are mm-hmm. like the hooky chorus moments but you know it doesn't always do like the verse chorus verse chorus thing you know sometimes right. you you only get one of those choruses or you know right or right, you know right. and uh which is i think she is one of those people that does do a, a good job of leaving you kind of wanting more of something in a good way right like man and and these one-liners like on moon song Mm-hmm. She has that line that says, uh, "We hate tears in heaven, but it's sad as baby died." Referring to that Eric Clapton song. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> totally. And uh, totally. I don't know, man. Yeah, just just one of those lines that that made me think. Just like, oh, she's talking about Clapton right now, dude. She's talking about that bummer song he wrote about his kid passing away. these very conversational moments i think is what's uh-huh. cool about the lyrics at times like she's yeah. just speaking to you about something like that um yeah i don't know and I, and I think that's what i love about her music in general but like just this record is littered with those things where i'm i'm just waiting for her to say these these lines right i will say so yes I will say though, I I do have a couple, not critiques, but just things that didn't get me. And one of them, well, two of them, like, like one of the main differences between I think you and I is that like, you'll love a song like Kyoto <laughs> and I don't like it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, it was just, it's just a little cute, you know what I Too mean? Too cheesy and it's for just, you? too much yeah, cheese sort of like and you got the horns after the fucking chorus it sounds like fucking one of those civil war core bands like the lumineers or something from it's 2010 some, some fucking springsteen shit baby i know i know <laughs> but like you know it, it, it like you have to understand everything you know what i mean in the line like you know like like it was springsteen shit in the 80s but like there's been a whole fucking m- like swath of indie rock in the last like 10 years that has made me pretty sour towards like horns in an indie song you know what i mean it just feels like okay cool all right you know i'm gonna hear this at starbucks now um and you know same thing with chinese satellite oh man man. me and sierra man man, me and sierra keep joking because when she sings standing on the corner it sounds like a fucking like disney song you know Mm. Standing on the corner, <laughs> you know what oh, I mean. Man, that's, like that's this one is of my all favorite songs on the record. Hey, uh, <laughs> it's all love. There's a lot of amazing parts on this record, but 
she's still obviously and i think that that's sort of the thing that you know i think i like this record more than i liked stranger in the alps i like this record um but you know some of those like things that were that are just i think a part of whatever like it's not a good or a bad thing i just think that that's like a part of phoebe that like i don't necessarily that doesn't resonate with me that much you know what i mean it's like it's like when somebody listens to like Miles Davis and they're like, oh, like fucking Miles is really cool, except for when he plays all those notes that sound fucking wrong. Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, yeah, that makes sense. I understand that. I personally like those notes that are wrong. That's sort right. of my favorite part. You know what I mean? So it's like just sort of like, you know, it, it's 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 not a, a right or a wrong thing. Yeah. But like a couple of times while I was listening, I was just a little like, ah, yeah, it's just like a little, little sweet for me. For you know, sure, it's just a and little I, sweet. So I think that that's like intentional, though. And totally. I also think it's like I don't want to. I don't want to assume anything. I don't. I don't know Phoebe, but from when I when I listen to her music, it seems to me that you know she's obviously influenced by a lot of the a lot, a lot of indie music, but it also seems like she loves pop music. And it's been oh, totally. influenced by a lot of that. And I think mm-hmm. I think pinning her even in this like like indie genre yeah. is maybe not even like her I don't know if that's what I even like think of her as. Yeah, it's like maybe, a matrix. I don't know. Indie yeah. is such like a vague term the these days anyways. Everything but like is. I think that like those pop you know though that that pop shit is done intentionally. Oh yeah, and you know it's it's. I think it's because she loves pop music. You know, I don't totally. feel like it's it's not a. I don't feel like it's it's the machine making pop songs. You know, totally. No, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't, I don't think I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I just you know I just had to call it out because I think that it's important. You know what I mean to state my true my true opinion of the whole record, which I think is <laughs> thumbs up. And there's a few moments that I wish that there was a little more spice. You know? Hey, that's what we're doing here, right? Like we're trying to oh, be yeah. honest about the shit and, uh, don't worry. If you, I, I don't know. I love, I love Phoebe. <laughs> I love this record. That ICU song is so fucking good. I think. And, uh, that's that. Like, that's what I'm talking about on the patience though, man. Totally. As far as as far as like Kyoto is the third song on the record, and the next up tempo jam, the pretty much the only other up up tempo jam is is song number nine. So I appreciate yep. the space that is there in between that. And yeah, there's some other bigger instrumentation used. There's some shit that gets really heavy, but as far as not feeling the pressure to write a bunch of up tempo bangers. I think yeah. is is uh she's obviously still in control of her own shit which yeah. yeah totally and obviously yeah 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 no I mean and uh I like I like Graceland too because I think it is a nice uh kind of ode to just the the stripped down singer songwriter thing definitely has some of the stranger in the alps vibes to it but even more americana at time the boy genius gang is on this song as well so you got julian baker and lucy dacus on 10 and 11 on on this record doesn't know what she wants 
Yeah, let's talk about Eleven here. The last song on what the record? You, yeah. Do you like the uh, you like the the ending? Again, it feels a little at the trumpets. It feels a little bit too Civil War core for me. You know. I don't. I don't. That is not the. the I think t- it's because you were you were older. Pull out from that. Like when I hear that yeah. sound, I'm not thinking about the Lumineers or you know Mumford and or Sons. Mumford and Sons. I I don't See? associate this with that at all. But like on the real, like I also like the Lumineers. So like this, yeah. is, you know, like they're not my favorite band, but they have a lot of songs that I think that they're a pretty good band. You know, they're. Not- I just think that it's it's like when I was in high school, or yeah, basically from my eighth grade year through like my first year in college, the dying days of, of VH1 and shit like that. Um, I'd still flip on the TV and you see Flea Foxes in like 2008, right. you know, 2006, 2007. And then you see it turn into Mumford and Sons. And then you see the Lumineers and then you see Monsters and Men. And then you see like fun, that fucking band fun. Yeah. And you know what I mean? It's just like, and it's like, I love Fleet Foxes. Um, and I'm not even hating. Yeah, I guess I am. But like, I'm not trying to hate. I'm just trying to like, I guess, point out that like, yeah, like that, the way that that developed and the way that it like got swallowed as it always does. You know what I mean? Yeah. Same thing happened with Young Thug and 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 just like trap shit. You know what I mean? And I love all that. It's just like the way it gets watered down, then I think becomes, it makes it feel derivative. And I have an especially like sour taste in my mouth towards that like indie rock that just sort of like, in my opinion, sort of just like killed guitar music. You know what I mean? Like I think guitar based music in 2020 is like less relevant than it's ever been. And I think that that is because you have all these fucking because a other music is being made that's more interesting. And because the like way that these fucking producers and these labels are just like shoving down this like that 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 fun shit down your throat, you know what I mean, is like robbing anything of the soul of like 
what cut about fleet foxes you know what i mean um and i think phoebe is a lot closer to that a lot closer to fleet foxes right she's she's doing her own thing i do not feel like she's derivative at all i think that she is genuine the way that her music resonates with with within my ears at least but to finish my fucking soapbox (laughs) i think that the horns the horns the trumpet the trumpet on an indie rock song is something that is just still too fucking too open of a wound too fresh for you that wound has not healed man yeah i get it i get it I mean, I, I don't have the, like I, like you were saying, I don't have the, the same attachment to that. So there's no negative feeling towards it, but I understand building something up like that where it, it yeah. makes everything else in that area salty, at least for right. the time being. I think you're wrong. Um, <laughs> I think it's great. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I love, I, yeah, I just like, I like the steps taken on this record. And obviously, you said too. multiple times that you, you like this record. Yes. You just wanted to point out some things. You like yes. this record, and you obviously like it more than the last. I think that um, I love this record. It's a cool next step. I think it also it does not leave me wanting Strangers in the Alps, which is yeah. awesome because a lot of times when you fall in love with an artist, it's that first record that hits you forever. And you know, and that yep. be, that's like your favorite one. And not to say that it's not, there's, there's some songs on there that I just think are super undeniable. That's just why you can't, you can't make stranger in the Alps again. It, right. You right. know, that's why like, like that Radiohead happened. made okay computer instead of going back to the Benz and then get right. it. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, cause yeah, if I try to make okay computer again, you're going to want to listen to okay fucking computer. Right. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to want to listen to the shitty remake of it. So, well, with that said, I think dead oceans, which is the label that put out both of these Phoebe records is killing, killing it. Killing label. They have yep. so many amazing artists on Krong that bin. label Krong bin. Oh man. That Mordecai record is, uh, I'm, I'm way into that as well as the rest of the shit. And that band live is, is just amazing. But Japanese breakfast, um, I have to, uh, slow dive. I let you pick Halloween. So I'm still going to play this, yeah, epi- this, ahead. this portion out with Chinese satellite. Cause that's one of my favorite tracks on the record. And I think it's hilarious <laughs> that you brought it up. So I think it All has right, to be hey, played now. Let me know if, if listeners, let me know if you guys hear the fucking Disney fucking ness of this. Um, uh, Phoebe, I'm sorry for the disrespect that my my cousin Rob has showed you on the shout out, of the Phoebe. Podcast. I like. <laughs> <just hey. kidding. laughs> I I will meet you one day, and I'll give you a hug and say I love your music, and you can know that I say that genuinely. That's the one thing all these listeners are gonna fucking know about me is that at least I'm honest. It's all love. You know? It's all love. It's all love. If I don't like it, I don't like it. Don't mean that I'm hating doesn't mean that it just <laughs> means that i have a fucking opinion i'm sure that somebody's gonna listen to my shit and be like i like all those songs except i thought that this song i didn't really it didn't really vibe with me i wasn't really into it i'll say well, that's great did you buy the record did you buy a t-shirt come to my show all right cool if you don't fuck you no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> on the flip side uh I, lo- I love this song and this is chinese satellite from punisher Go get it. Get yourself a vinyl copy. You know, support musicians during this really fucked up time. 
And don't buy your fucking vinyl off of Amazon. Unless buy that shit from a unless it's a really a unless it's a really good deal. Like a really fire dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can buy your records from Amazon if it's like forty five percent or better yeah. off. I've even been trying to just go directly through the artist at this point for for yeah. this time no, being. Don't, but honestly, also trying to support some record stores too. Don't buy a little don't, bit above. Don't buy your records through Amazon. It's hard, but it's like man, putting that money in other people's pockets is so much better than putting it in Amazon's pockets. Go watch the PBS Frontline documentary about the rise of Jeff Bezos. Two hours long. Fucking really good. Frontline is balanced, man. I'll tell you that. All right? All right. This is a Chinese satellite. I've been running around in circles Pretending to be myself Somebody do this on purpose When they could do something else
You know when someone points something out to you and it ruins something for you after that? Yep. I'm not going to let you do that to Chinese satellites to me. I, I just listened to it again. Yeah. And uh, I'm not going to I'm not going to let you do it. Cuz uh you don't want to let me do it or every time I hear that stand hear on the it? corner part, I'm going to I'm going to hear you like saying something, but I'm not going to hear what, what I'm hear. saying. No. Yeah. Probably no, cuz I don't want to at this point. Classic I'm, I'm denial being... of the truth. No, that's fine. I mean <laughs> That's hey man, better to live in ignorance, you know. Um, stoked to dive into this Van Morrison record. I yeah, think this I record, think Van man. Van is uh, he's just so amazing, man. Like the catalog that this dude has put it's, out, it's bananas. Uh, Dirty Irishman. He's such a good songwriter, and he has so much like soul and r&b and jazzy elements even at times to to his tunes man it's just like the full the full fucking spectrum and i'm glad that you picked this uh this belfast performance from the grand old opry because it's like it's all these songs that for the most part are not not as bangers right dude it's not and it comes um but they all slap so hard and it's cool because he pretty much only plays the music on this record from the previous three albums. So this is from 84, and he plays tunes from Common One, which was in 80, Beautiful Vision from 82, and Inarticulate Speech of the Heart from 83. Yep. So he's just like, yo, fuck it. We're only playing the stuff that I'm feeling right now, and right. this is like the arrangement I have. And there's not live performances of this per particular concert, but I found one from 82, which is a lot of the same songs that they play. And, and you can tell it's a similar band from the from the feel and everything. And it, it was kind of cool to get band? a visual. Um, it, I think it, it sounds was, big. It's, it's probably like eight people because you have three backup singers. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you have at least two horns. Um, horns. Yeah. So, yeah, it's probably like an eight to ten person situation. And uh, so it was cool getting into this one. I think right from the get-go, the introduction I really liked because it... Got 11 people. It really kind of... uh, I don't know. It's almost misleading. It it has it like they they introduced this groovy kind of element in the beginning. Oh yeah, yeah they man. let they let you yeah. kind of fall into this thing easily, and then yeah. there's a second movement to that that introduction. But then when when you actually get into that first track, "Dweller in the Threshold," it just yeah, picks just up bang, like bang, there's boom. no like you're <laughs> not ready for it, and it just yep. takes you, and it's it's fucking totally. awesome. I think it'd be cool there's if we just like opened up there. with uh, the introduction, and then just a little bit of that dweller in the yeah, just hit him with like two in minutes. In the threshold, of yeah, just yeah, so they perfect. can kind of get a vibe for how this record opens. Yeah. 
what I love about this too is that it sounds it's I mean it's a live record you know and you can tell it's live you can hear the crowd you can hear you know and and sometimes that's a, a hard balance to strike but I think they do it really well just like sonically the way that this record sounds and um, the backup singers man fucking amazing <laughs> yeah dude like yeah they never miss no they it's don't so man that's such a i think a, a really amazing talent especially when it's a group of you know two to three especially when it's three people you know yep they're harmonizing uh, and all that yeah it's it just feels it always feels super communal with that many people singing at the same time you know mm-hmm. and especially when they're doing it with with those those amazing harmonies and and just very soulful voices and you you mentioned like you you dig like the you know like the sound of this record and i was thinking about it listening to it because lately um i've been i've really been trying to find the live records that don't sound perfect necessarily Mm -hmm. and this kind of hits for me in that same range because like or same same realm like i want to i want to feel like i'm in the room and that doesn't mm-hmm. always sound exactly perfect. Mm-mm. And Mm-mm. this, to me, kind of gives me that vibe like, hey, I'm just watching from side stage. Right. And right. I fucking, like, that's my favorite place to, like, watch a show sometimes. Totally. Now. You know, those opportunities totally. to kind of see what's happening on stage and see, like, the looks everybody's giving each other and shit like right. that, those interactions. And, yeah, man, I fucking, uh, I found this this Bob Marley performance from The Roxy. Cool. And like that's one of my favorite clubs that I've ever seen music at. And that room is small. Right. You know, it's not very big. And it sounds so much different than like the more recognized Bob Marley live records. And I had never heard right. this one. And I don't know, it just had such a different feel. Energy, man. It's and just the energy. Yeah, because it it doesn't feel huge. Like they weren't they didn't have to make it sound huge because it wasn't right. that big of a room. Exactly, and it so it, I don't know, yeah. So that that is what I dig about, you know. And the Grand Ole Opry is is by no means a, a small venue, but it's uh it is like a theater type yeah. situation, and uh, I just think that that the mix on this is is very cool, and you can you can feel it, you know. So let me tell you how I found this record. It's a crazy story. Um, me and Dave, you know Dave. Dr. Dave? Dr. Dave, my, my yeah, brother. Dude. Fuck yeah. We were Shout going we were going down to Shasta. We were going driving down to Shasta to meet up with some people. And I my car didn't have a CD player, I don't think, but it had a tape player. <laughs> And we were at Dave's parents' house and we were like, just gra- we just grabbed a bunch of tapes. I remember like they had Controversy by Prince. They had 1999 by Prince. They had um, yeah, a couple like maybe Springsteen tapes and this fucking Van Morrison one. And we just put it in and we listened to this one like, like eight, ten times, man. Because I mean, you know, it's like a twelve-hour drive, and it's just so good. And we just listened to it and listened to it. I still have it in, in this house. I, I think I wore it out. I think only, only like some of it works now. But um, 
but yeah, the tape, finding music on a tape, it was it was bizarre. Well, but because you're, awesome. you're really locked in with the tape. You know, it's a pain in the ass to get to the next song a lot you of You don't the time. know, so and that's the thing too. You don't know what the fucking song, my my thing didn't have a way to skip. Yeah. You know, some of those nice cassette players can like actually find the songs or whatever. But like mine is, no. And you're just, I don't even know if I'm on the A side or the B side, you know, <laughs> and I'm just putting it on. And I was just like, wow, the whole thing, this whole thing such a vibe so yeah. so good dude i love i love that part on it's all in the game yeah uh you know what in the intro when they're you know they're, they're what just, time they're grooving into the intro it's it's i don't know it's pretty early on in the song it's right during the instrumental in the beginning and i love that he just he's he just says yeah this is hip like he's he's just like feeling the groove. <laughs> yeah. he's in it And I think that's like what I pull away from from this performance and a lot of the other performances. There's there's a lot of cool live Van Morrison albums. And I think what I think what's cool about him is that you can always it always seems like he's really in it. You know, he's really in this performance. And because he's got so many different performances, you get to kind of hear you know, his take from night to night on some of these songs. And it's, it's not always the same. Um, like a jazz show is not always the same in some ways, as far as his vocal approach to shit. Totally. No, exactly. I think that that's, um, the, uh, the spirit that pops out is that there you're able to hear them all being present with this, with the music because they have to be, because there's, little moments of improvisation. Definitely. You can hear that vocally with him. You know what I mean? Like vocally he's all over the place, like in, in a great way. You know what I mean? Just sort of singing whatever he feels, man. I got this on the background right now. Yeah. Cut into like one thirty and play it until like two ten or something. And there's that stop right at one fifty. And the backup vocals come in just in church. dude uh there's so there's so many great moments like that on this record that's that's the other cool thing is there's a lot of instrumental breaks where it's just the band totally. killing it yep taking totally. fat solos haunts of ancient peace dude this song is wild let's put that one on here we are talking about how this is a van at his most majestically and mystical like he's really on some uh feels like Van is really on some some Jesus like God is good shit during this this performance. You know, he, he has <laughs> yeah, like totally. a lot of spiritual uplifting, starry eyed uh, lines in, in in the songs. Totally. 
I go on haunts. He's got the uh, the love and light we seek, the words we do not need to speak. Here in the wondrous way we keep these haunts of ancient peace. And that fucking songs, dude. That has the hugest solo, the sax solo. It's like five minutes in. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so it's so good, dude. these tunes i mean that's the thing that's hard about this record like she gives me religion just feels good just feels like feels like it could be like a song by the band if you slowed it down by like 10 beats per minute you know yeah um full force gale which one should we get into Full Force Gale. Full Force Gale. Little jam, dude. It feels sort of like almost like a Petty song. Yeah, dude. It's Tom great. Petty, you know? Let's fucking play uh, this song. Yeah, sure, man. This song's. Whew, yeah. It's got all. Yeah, it's, it also has sort of like a Huey Lewis vibe. <laughs> it's just. It's a very poppy, mm-hmm. up tempo jam. Where it 
on he's on his mystical shit with this one. He really is. And I love that this is one of those, you know, poppier, tighter, like two and a half minute songs, mm-hmm. but it still leaves the space for these huge instrumental breaks. Yeah, and there's just so much energy, man. I mean, you can see the drummer is just sweating. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, and it's just you know, it, yeah, you said you said that she's my religion just makes you feel good i think that's van morrison the whole thing in a nutshell like when you listen to van morrison it just you just feel good even if he's talking about some heavier shit it's hard to not feel good man and that shit is un that's that undeniable shit totally i love how like every moment i skip to on this record he's just like Like every fucking part. In a chatbird sound on a summer Sunday afternoon. He flexes so many different dynamics, though, too. And it's fun watching the live performance on that one because sometimes he's just on the mic, but a lot of times he's killing it on the keys. Yeah. I like how um, Wikipedia has this in the uh, under the genre of Celtic just because he's from fucking Ireland. <laughs> yeah, this is done in his hometown. That's hilarious. Yeah, that is, is badass. Cool. Yeah, man. Northern Musi is also that's, one dude. that's fire. And it sounds, it reminds me a lot of the band. You get this big old organ well, solo. Yeah. I thought maybe, I thought maybe we could play it out with that or cleaning windows. But. Yeah. I think Northern Musi is the one to play it out with. Cool. Um, the nine minute jam, Rave On. Yeah. Rivon Walt Whitman nosed down on wet grass. Rivon filled the senses on nature's bright green, shady path. Rivon Omar Kayam, Rivon Cahill Gabrano, what swine, sweet wine we drink if the celebration will be held. We will drink the, the wine and break the holy bread. Rivon let a man come out of Ireland. Rivon Mr. Yitz, Rivon down through thy holy rosy cross. That's one of my favorite songs on the whole fucking thing. Yeah, totally. Totally. Also, what he's dropping here is some spoken word shit from this uh, metaphysical poet. This fella, John Donnie, is just this dude from fifth, like the fifth, late 1500s, early 1600s, and he was this Catholic um, metaphysical poet, dude. And like all of his shit. Is uh, Van Morrison, man, he's on his shit. This uh, this fella, John Donnie, his work is distinguished by its emotional and sonic intensity and its capacity to plumb the paradoxes of faith, human, and divine love, and the possibility of salvation. So that's what I'm talking. Van is just on his Jesus shit on this record, man. On the on yep. like this whole era, yep. and uh, just really tapping into some some spiritual shit. Yeah, man. I mean, his discography is crazy. And it's just, it's a shame that like people know him just for fucking uh, brown eyed girl, you know? It's like, 
you know, he's like, he's got 41 studio albums. Crazy, right? Six live albums, six compilations, four video albums. I don't even know what that means. And 71 singles. You know what I mean? Like, it's crazy. It's just like, whew. That's, um, that's just bananas, man. That's just bananas. Dude, the flute on the on that song is so on a rave on. Yeah, yeah. And truly. then it, when it picks up, like at the three minute mark, and it gets into this instrumental break. Yeah, so you so you so you like this record? Yeah, dude. This is such like I said, this is a this is a really cool live performance because it's not all the bangers that you know. And I'm like right. fair I'm pretty familiar with Van's catalog, but I don't know these fucking early eighties records by him because it's no. not really what it's you're tur- turned no. on to, yeah. which is uh it's now I wanna know about these records front to back because I like all these songs. I'm into it. I wanna hear what they sound like on the record now. Right, right. Like that cleaning windows song is a fucking classic, dude. And such a cool way to end the show. Feels a little lighthearted. Right. Welcome to the bakery. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, smell on the bakery from across the street. Got in my nose. Shared our letters down the street with the raw line gate grows. I went home and listened to Jimmy Rogers in my lunch break. Well, I moved on at the shop on the corner and went street and back to work. Oh, the sound was up on top. Sponsored at the shop and broke for tea. I collected from the lady and I cleaned the family inside out. Oh, I was blowing the saxophone on the weekend in a down joint. Yeah, I mean, he ends it with an uplifting pep, you know? Like, that's the thing. It's about Van. He wants people to leave feeling, feeling good. Amped up. Yeah. Feeling good, man. And then you got all those, like, killer, low, te- low tempo jams, like Beautiful Vision and. Van yeah, Luke those Stay are. Away. That's the ones that really got me when I first heard this record is, is the slow 6 8 little blues that they just, like. Yeah, beautiful vision. Just like, and really, I think 
the thing that makes this for me this whole record is the backup singers like that's that's the thing that just like it's the same thing that makes me just like love the last waltz you know it's just the backup oh, singers yeah you know I, and that's a i think another fun thing about you know somebody that does have six live official recordings is right. you know they're not they don't all have this same feel no you know these weren't the tunes that they were no. playing on on the other ones so but you gotta you know it looks like he's making his own set list which is tight because you know and that's what you get when you're as big as he is right you get to do whatever the fuck you want but like you know if you're going up to some label and you're like oh i'm gonna make a, a live record and it's not gonna have brown eye girl or into the mystic or moon dance you're just like you know what's like, also cool. great though i think i think it's rad that for me personally it's hard to fucking tire out a Van Morrison song to me, even though I've heard those songs so many times. And I think it's because I'm pretty disconnected from radio play at this point. So Brown Eyed Girl, I can't times. do. I mean, and I moon can still dance. do it. I, I can't. Think. I can't do Moon Dance. I do Brown Eyed Girl before I do Moon Dance. I think I. I just still have such a. I don't know. I have a warm feeling towards those songs still, where that it hasn't destroyed it for me. But so many of his other hits, dude, are songs that are just so amazing this dude has so many hits yeah no i mean he's like tom petty in that sense you know absolutely and he's still doing it yeah that is us that is what's crazy and i'm not gonna say that i'm super familiar with like his most recent records but i have uh, no idea what he's been doing i know that he does like a lot of collaborations and things but it's just cool that he's still doing it you know i've never seen him before i think if i had the opportunity i would try to go check it out oh yeah man absolutely that was yeah, a fucking, you would yeah. definitely take a minute to see fucking Mr. Van. I would, yeah, I'd be, I'd be way into that. So, yeah, man, this is a great live record. This is kind of a fun way to. I thought maybe Van Morrison would be maybe somebody that we, uh, we did an official studio album from, and I'm sure maybe down the road we will uh, yeah. jump into something that's a little more, uh, you know, not live. Like an, a, a little more not live. <laughs> it's not really a spectrum, you know. It's not. It's it sort of I was is or isn't. Yeah, I just didn't. I I don't remember where I was going with, uh, with my statement. Okay. I was just, just digging, trying to say digging that, deeper, man. You know, it's obviously not not the same vibe, but it's fun to like see what set he compiles for this. You know. Oh yeah, no, totally, totally, totally. I'm just giving you shit. Man. I know I'm you are. Giving, I know you are giving you shit. We'll play it out with Northern Muse then, because. That's definitely one of my favorite tracks on the record. It sounds like you also love that one. I do. But we got to talk about next week or next 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 episode. We got to talk about this next episode. Yep. Um, I would like to hit you with yep. the, the Meters Cabbage Alley. Okay. Todd Terry, it's album time. And I had a third pick, and now I feel like I my audible because you were talking about that, like you felt like rock, like some rock records, like big rock records don't are not big ones, but like guitar driven indie rock doesn't really exist anymore. Or I just hate it. You just hate no, it. I'm just just kidding, just kidding, <laughs> just kidding. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> There's a. Uh, you ever heard of a band called Dikembe? Dikembe, like Matumbo. Yeah. No, I mean. 
I don't know if that's exactly where the, the name came from. I don't want to assume anything, but that they are called just a Kembe. Um, I haven't heard of that name, yeah. Hmm. Don't know shit about it, though. They've got this record called Medium Ship from 2014 that I really like. They ended up playing the library, but they're... Uh, yeah. They're, they're a very cool band. They also have this really dope EP that is called the... Uh, it's called Chicago Bulls, and each each song on it is named after one of the Bulls. Like, there's Scotty Spliffin, Luke Bongley, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> Michael Jordan, and so wait, Kukush. what's this? What's this record called? Uh, this record is called uh, Medium Ship. It's uh, I feel like it has some brand new vibes to it. This band is so good. I, I like them a lot. The Kembe is fucking dope. Um, the other thing I was thinking about throwing at you is the most recent Mick Jenkins record, which is called Carefree, and it's like a 19-minute record, so I thought it was definitely up your, your alley, but it came out probably earlier this year. It's a really dope collection of like seven or eight tunes as well. All right. I know what I'm picking. What are you picking? It's album time. Yeah. Fuck yeah, dude. Do you know anything about Todd Terry? No, I just looked at the album artwork. Oh, dude. <laughs> This record is, uh, I'm sorry about the length. This is probably the longest record I've picked so far, but you also just hit us with like an hour long. That's two weeks in a row. You've hit us with like a 50 plus minute record. So fucking asshole. Um, Todd Terry, I'm stoked to get into this. This is, this record is a trip. This, this is, uh, this is for your mind. Killing. Um, and what do you got for me? Underground Volume 1, Three Six Mafia. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, fucking Ask the Ages. Ask the Ages. By Sonny Chirac, the late great guitar wizard with Elvin Jones playing the drums. Killing jazz record. One of my most influential jazz records. Pharaoh Sanders playing sax. Damn. Um, and the last one that I'll put on there is The Pimpire Strikes Back by Rock Marciano. <laughs> <laughs> I love all three of these records. Which 3-6 Mafia record did you say? Underground Volume 1. Damn. I don't know. I don't know about that record. I also don't know about that Rocky Marciano one. Rock Marciano, RC. Uh, yeah, man, that Rock Marciano record is crazy. A Action Bronson's on it. There's, it's all the, you know, Griselda guys. Oh hell yeah, Buffalo. Con oh, this is a new, this is a new record. Empire? Yeah. Twenty twenty. Yeah, 2013. Okay. It's a mixtape. It's uh, recently been released then on, on the streaming services, it looks like. Yeah, I mean, the thing huh? about that Rock Marciano is it's just like those classic minimalist, amazing, amazing beats, the best beats. But then the fucking 3-6 Mafia is like these four-track, gritty South Memphis beats. And then... Uh, 
the uh, the Sonny Chirac is the best drummer in the world, maybe. Um, one of the best drummers in the world with Pharaoh uh, Sanders, and they're just playing like some spiritual free jazz. Damn. And Sonny Chirac playing guitar. It's got the most beautiful ballad of, uh, of in, in my opinion. Fuck man, it's hard for me to not pick again. Pick your uh, like something that's been so influential to you because I want to like, I want to know about that. You know. Yeah, you'll definitely like hear some. I mean, it's instrumental. It's a jazz record. Um, Let's go with it. Let's do it. All right, ask the ages. Ask Whew. the ages. Sonny this Chirac. is a classic, man. Dude, yes. this is gonna be. Uh, I feel like this is gonna be a heavy episode. Yeah, man, I'm down. Can't wait. Uh, I, I, I am going to check out those other records. You should that listen you told to the Empire Strikes Back. Rock Marciano is amazing. <laughs> Yo, you should, you should check out, um, the, uh, new young Jesus album. If you have. Oh yeah. 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 Dude, I it's, haven't. It's on my it's list. So, it's so good. I'll say, um, it. fuck. You have to let me know how you feel about the, the horns used in that record. Because I, you know, it's man, obviously a much different thing. So. I wish I was a, I wish I was a better person. You know, I do. I, really I want to know. I want to know what you think about those. It's not heavily used, but I want to know what you think about it. But I do think that you might like this Young Jesus album more than any of the other ones before it. Tight. So, not that you had a lot of, of disdain for the uh, the record that we did back on episode one of this volume one. The we're, Phantom we're deep, baby. This. This is volume eight. Wow. We'll be coming wow. at him with volume nine with uh, Sonny Chirac. Ask the Ages. Ask the Ages, man. Dope. And then we're also going to do Todd Terry's It's Album Time. This that next The next episode, strap in. Do your homework. Please. I'm going to send you a, uh, a track with a drum solo on it that one of my projects is working on. And you can listen to it and see if you hear any of the influence. Like, listen to this track and then see if you hear the Elvin, like, influence specifically from from this record. Elvin Jones, the drummer. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge, huge influence on me personally. And then Farrah Sanders, like, I'll send you a couple of tracks and uh, you'll, you'll, it'll be, it'll be clear. Cool, man. Well, we're going to play it out with Northern Muse, one of our favorite tracks from this live band Morrison album, the live at the Grand Opry House in Belfast, where this uh, fellow Van Morrison is from. Fuck, man. I miss you. Miss you too, man. Uh, let's do a in-person hang sometime. We're going to get it together, but I'm glad with that, uh, we're keeping up this way and checking in with each other. Absolutely. We'll do another one soon, and uh, I'm excited to listen to this one when it drops. Hear me try to respectfully critique a record. I'm the hater on the on the podcast. You're the good cop. I'm the bad cop. You know? Yeah. Because the thing hey, is, the be thing fair, is this: though. I'm better at articulating. I have more to say about things I don't like than about things I do like. Which uh, might yes. be a personal problem, you know. But then hopefully but that's that's true. our balance. Then you know. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And also, I uh, you know I voiced my my honest feelings about how I felt about the Guided by Voices record. 
Yeah, but know? now you came around. No, I just I've I like the songs that I liked even more. <laughs> yeah, but you agreed with me about that one song. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's really important. Yeah, it's um, me being right. No, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck. Um I'm I'm glad that we get to share our music this way though, because you definitely turned me on to shit or put me on to shit. Might not turn me on to it, but you at least put me on to it that I would never have listened to. You know what I mean? Uh, I think, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to do with you too, like with this Sonny Chirac record. I don't know when you would have came across this, you know? Yeah, for sure. It, it's good to inform your own personal zeitgeist, whether you're like super into things or not. I think it's nice to to have those those references in place. And like I said, that's why I'm picking this Sonny Chirac record because yeah. I don't know that 3-6 Mafia record, but I know 3-6 Mafia. And I know some Rock Marciano. Right. Um so this is, crazy this is kind of something that that is uh you know super spot. super fresh and it's fun i love doing the jazz records with these episodes because there's a lot to analyze and the thing that's crazy about this uh ask the ages record is that it's from 1992 so it's like it's not from the 60s you know what i mean it's not from the the 50s or the 60s when a lot of the stuff is you know this is from 20 30 years later but it has the spirit that like a lot of shit doesn't have. Um, and what was I about to say? Oh, listen to some of his other stuff. Sonny Chirac. He has this record called Black Woman that is really fucking good and very avant-garde. It's like pretty, it'll just putting that on for 40 minutes, listen to it once. It'll inform you about what else like it, it'll inform this ask the ages record a lot this ask the ages record sounds like a pop record compared to black woman <laughs> it'll fuck your shit up is what you're saying black woman's even a little too avant-garde for me you know but it's cool i really appreciate it i used to wake up every single day in college for like literally a year and i would play this song blind willie off of it's like a three minute song off of black woman i would listen to it every single morning it was the first thing i listened to just guitar i don't know why i just loved it i just did it obsessively every day um but this ask the ages record man who does she hope to be is my favorite ballad my favorite ballad well we'll get into it we'll get into Hell it yeah, next time all right i gotta go teach the youth how to play drums uh, I hope that you teach them how to do it very well, and uh, I hope everybody's out there and they are digging these records, records or their or their own personal records. You know, yeah. if you want, Send if you want to some su- some suggestions, we'd love to dive into shit. We can do some bonus episodes on. You on know that I'll tear it apart though if I don't like it. So I mean, I think that would be the fun thing about having some suggested ones is because absolutely at least one of us loves these records that we're bringing, and at least one of us is honest. Pow, 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 pow. All right. All right, man. Um, I'll see you. Love you, cuz. Love you, too. Peace. This is Northern Exposure from Van Morrison. Oh, she moved on the solid ground. Oh,
Yeah.